0: We have an update on the Miles Bridges situation from Miles Bridges himself. Plus, we'll talk about Kai Jones and James Booknight. Will they get any minutes in the last 22 games of the season? We'll get to all of that today on On Hornets. We're On Hornets, part of the On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods, and that includes YouTube. This episode is brought to you by Prize First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code Locked On. I'm Walker Mail. You can find me on WFNZ from 12 to 3, and that is Doug Branson. Find the Substack every Hornets box score on every Hornets score.com. So we got some breaking news last night, Doug. I don't know how much sense you put into this. I don't know how much credence you put behind the validity of miles bridges statement himself, but we did get an update from Larry Lage. That's right. A AP writer for Michigan state um, of the, again, of the associated press. He was at Michigan state, Indiana last night, the game that saw Michigan state beat the Hoosiers, but miles bridges was actually in attendance and Larry Lage he wrote at 1040 last night on Twitter that Miles said he could be back in March. He said, quote, it's been a long process, but I might be back in March. And quote, I don't know what all that means. It could mean that he could just be on the roster and serving a suspension that begins in March. I don't know if he's going to be an active player at that time in March, but that's what he said at 1040 in attendance of the Michigan State, Indiana game. And again, Larry Lage, the AP, is the one that broke that on Twitter. What do you make of this comment? It's basically, I mean, you know, it's it's a Miles Bridges update. We haven't heard from Miles really at all this entire process. So any quote is worthy enough to just put it out there in the public. But is there anything behind this that you can take as, okay, we've got a real storyline here?
1: Uh, Well, I'll say that Larry Lage sounds like a fake name. (laughs) <laughs> just like right off the bat, like it just sounds like something like who who <laughs> reported that? Is it? It was uh, Larry Lage. Are you sure that wasn't Larry Page? Nope. I'm mm-hmm. going to go with Larry Lage. Yeah, it does. But it is a real reporter. It is a real quote. The quote, it's been a long process. I might be back in March. So I don't know. I don't know that this is really all that significant because we don't have any word from the NBA as to the completion of that investigation. We do know from Mitch Kupchak, the general manager of the Charlotte Hornets, that they are waiting for that NBA investigation to complete before they make any kind of maneuvers. Uh, I think you and I, having discussed it, having thought about it, uh, I think both of us are on the same page that Miles Bridges is more than likely going to be back in a Charlotte Hornets uniform at some point. I don't think it's, I still don't think it's going to be this season. Uh, That would be odd. Although, you know, he pled no contest in his case. Uh, the, the the case that you and I often cite a, as relative to this one would be the one around Jeffrey Taylor where he pled guilty and got a 24-game suspension. So yeah, I honestly expect it to be less than that, uh, but anything around that would be the remainder of the season. So I don't expect him to be back this season, and I don't really know what to take uh, from this quote.
0: Yeah, I, with Miles Bridges saying this, look, not to put it out there on twitter too it's one thing if it comes from miles bridges it's one thing if it comes from clutch sports which is his agency it's another thing if it comes from the nba or an authority figure that actually has power in instituting him back into the league and the nba right now is still undergoing an investigation and with jeffrey taylor pleading guilty it's a big it's it's a big distinction jeffrey taylor pleading guilty suspended the 24 games that's the big time suspension you can go back to regarding domestic abuse here in the last decade or so of the nba maybe even a little bit more than that now and now here we are with miles bridges the thing is though this is a little unprecedented with domestic or felony domestic violence right so he was i think he only served nine days in jail jeffrey taylor did doesn't excuse anything he did but there is a legal distinction between misdemeanor and then even felony. Mm -hmm. And miles bridges was looking at more jail time than 90 days. If Mm -hmm. he would have pled guilty, if he would have been found guilty. So the NBA also undergoing its investigation too. I do kind of like this a little bit to Deshaun Watson, not in the offenses that they've been accused of, but in the fact that the NFL did not have a guilty party legally with Deshaun, but they still took it upon themselves as a league, as an entity to suspend him for a majority of an NFL season. It's a big deal, right? So with Miles Bridges, I would imagine the NBA takes the same type of uh, type of approach. It's been documented that the NBA, the people expect him to serve a pretty significant suspension. Significant can mean a lot of things, though. You know, mm-hmm. significant would be 40, half a season. It could be a whole season. It could be two seasons. If you want to put them at the highest penalty, like an OJ Mayo or Tyreek Evans for the anti-drug program. I mean, honestly, I'd I'd be surprised if it was two, but Doug, I, I just don't know what number to pin down here. Like this is, it's going to be interesting. I do think you are going to get some sort of significant suspension. So when Miles Bridges says he's going to be back in March, I have to imagine that he's just going to be Instituted again, like he's going to be brought back on the roster, and then he'll start serving that suspension. That's just the way I interpret it. It does not mean that that is gospel and that's what's going to happen. But that's just kind of the way I interpret it. If that happens, right? He said might. I mean, even Miles said might. So he's not even sure.
1: Uh, well, but I think if the NBA handed down that kind of significant suspension, the Players Association would fight it pretty vehemently. Like I, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain sure. there would and be would they were and they win there. there so depression. like. Yeah, I don't I, I honestly I, I'm just I'm gonna be on the other side of this from you. I, I don't expect the suspension to be uh even as significant as the Jeffrey Taylor uh suspension, mm. but we'll see. And you know, Miles seems pretty confident that he'll be back in March. Maybe that's just my my cynicism showing. Uh but, you know, effectively it seems He's like the mind. league it seems like effectively the league is colluded with teams at this point, to say, hey, look, we're doing this investigation. Don't do anything until we <laughs> finish this investigation. So, I mean, effectively, he's been suspended for an entire season. Uh, if not just by the letter, it's not an actual suspension, but it effectively was. Uh, he's lost a, a year of, of his s- sort of prime or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what this means. It, it's very vague. It's very vague. And it comes from Larry Lage, which I think is a fake name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's, and that's a great sign-off. I will say, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Miles is confident that he'll be back this year, right? Like he says, might. So I don't know. Well, it, who, who knows? Okay,
1: it, but even, again, even if, uh, let, let's just say the NBA came down and said, all right, you have a 10-game suspension. And then the Hornets say, okay, we're going to re-sign him. It's not gonna play. I I just I can't imagine him being then reinserted in the roster. Like that would just be it. Would be very odd. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying I would not expect him to suit up this season. That would be to me. That would be absurd. No. Yes. I'm sorry.
0: I thought you were when you said he seems to be confident that he'll be back this season. Right? I thought. Yeah. I was just saying. He said might. It's very vague. So yeah. Who Who the hell knows, man? I mean, this thing has been going on for so long. And he's right about one thing. It has been a long process. And so we'll see exactly what's right. If it's going to come back this season or if he's going to come back next season. Um, And if he's going to be a Charlotte Hornet, we both imagine that he would be, we've seen some reports that the Hornets have prioritized breaking miles back, but, It's not been widely accepted, right? That was from Michael Scotto. Nobody else really picked that up and and confirmed that. So that also, you know
1: what, Michael Scotto, that sounds like a fake name, too. I need I need confirmation. I need I need these people to show some videos with like one of those pictures that has the date on it so that I know Mm -hmm. that these people actually exist. Until then, I'm just going to assume they are AI generated robots. Come on.
0: Larry Page, Michael Scott. Why are we putting some fancy stuff on it? Doesn't need to be Lage and Scotto. Scott, Page, done. Let's get to it. All right. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast.
1: Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet.
0: Kai Jones, James Booknight, two first round picks under Mitch Kupchak over a year ago. Haven't been seeing a whole lot of them lately. Will we be seeing some of them in the last 22 games of the regular season? We'll get to that. Excuse me. In just a moment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> struggling continuously to do so, and Doug laughs every single time. It's, it's prize funny. Picks. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, and I might have to have you read it if it continues to get worse than this. What you can do is you can download.
1: Oh, what oh, was that? Gracious,
0: Doug. Oh, god!
1: What it's so that? bad.
0: It's it's so bad, Doug. You're it's drowning. So bad, and <laughs> You're you drowning.
1: You're drowning. You're bathing in phlegm right now. Go ahead. I'll give you another shot. <laughs> it's so while gross. I pull up okay. the raid. <laughs>
0: How does prize picks work? You ask you can pick two to six players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. And you can download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit 100, PrizePix gives you 100. If you deposit 50, PrizePix gives you 50. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. I'm sorry, PrizePix. More Locked On Hornets coming up.
1: Is locked on hornets. Adam Silver had Ahmad Rashad up on stage and he used his phone to like body scan Ahmad Rashad and then they like inserted a, a, like a digital version of Ahmad Rashad into the highlight. And wow. so I'm looking at this and going Just fix my league pass. I don't want to be in a highlight. I would just like to actually watch the highlight without my application logging me out, freezing, dropping all of the time. Fix my league pass before you insert me in the game, please, and thank you. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
0: All right, we are back. We are smoother than ever. Thanks Price, Price Picks. Price
1: Picks is going to take money away from us for that. <laughs> it
0: was so bad. I was drowning and you laughed at me. You pointed and instead of throwing me a raft. Well, here's why. Here's why. Here's
1: why. Because it is genuinely funny when the radio professional messes up on this show. That's the beauty of this show. I get to come on here as the I'm wild card, the miss. wild cat. I can mess up and do it. In fact, it's, all, it's only funny when I try to get serious. It's, it's the beauty of this show.
0: I had to mute my mic and continue to go through some problems over here. This is the kind of thing that I'm dealing with right now. You know what, though? I'm glad that didn't happen during the Miles Bridges discussion because then mm-hmm. it would just be all sorts of awkward. At least we got to prize picks. So you know what, prize picks? I'm not sorry, okay? If it had there to happen, it had to stand. happen during your read. It can also happen during this Kai Jones conversation. It's totally fine to have phlegm during Kai Jones and James Night conversation. The question is, will Kai Jones get more playing time? Because he was in the rotation to some degree, earlier this season. James mm-hmm. Booknight was at the very beginning, and then it was clear Steve Clifford needed to go in a different direction, and he did so. Kai was kind of in that center rotation outside of Mason Plumley, where you go with Nate Richards, and then Kai, I mean, doesn't play very much, and then eventually you go to Mark Williams. But this was a question asked to Rod Boone as he did a mailbag for the Charlotte Observer, and he does seem to think that Kai Jones is going to get some playing time. He says the Hornets view Kai as a center, but he could also get backup power forward minutes eating into JT Thor's time. And he also thinks JT Thor will get more minutes now with Jalen McDaniels absence. So maybe you just go Thor at the three more Thor for you guys out there. Kai Jones possibly could eat into those four minutes. What do you make of Kai Jones possibly getting some run?
1: I snickered when you said they view Kai as a center because they never play him there. And it's understandable why they haven't played him there this season, because they had a backlog at center. No one got injured. You had to work in Nick Richards, Mason Plumley, occasionally Mark Williams. Now you trade Plumley. So it goes from like impossible to play Kai at center to somewhat possible because I don't think Nick Richards has played in a way that makes him sort of inevitable. Like you would really like have to play him at backup center all of the time, especially as we get into the later portions of this post all-star break period. I think you can do a little bit more experimenting with not only Kai at the center position, but maybe even a, a kind of a two center situation with, with Kai and Mark or Kai and Nick, you can get crazier as this thing becomes sort of more absurd. And as the losses pile up. So I, I do think he's going to get some minutes that the, the Difficult thing for Kai is that I think one of the things that Clifford really values, and it's why Bryce McGowan's is getting a lot of playing time right now, one of the things that he really values is doing things that you can do well and avoiding trying to do things that you don't do well until you learn how to do them well, right? Pl- playing outside of yourself, essentially. And the difficulty for Kai is he has a tendency to do that because I think he grew up believing he was a point guard and then grew up into a center (laughs) and really hasn't gotten out of that mindset of like wanting to really handle the ball and do some kind of crazy things, which makes him an interesting sort of raw prospect. But also, when you're trying to insert him within a roster that is attempting to win, which they were trying to do earlier in the season, it can get a little dicey and it's difficult to ask him to do those things when you're playing him out of position. So it's been difficult for Kai, but I still hope he gets an opportunity as we go down the stretch here.
0: What's funny about Kai too, is the fact that you're playing him at a more skilled position, I guess, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. if you're going to move him further away from that center spot, where theoretically you could have him just undergo pick and roll, not to say center position isn't skilled, but if you're moving him further away from that as a power forward, then you're asking him to possibly shoot more and and be more skilled, and that's going to hurt yeah. him and and then hurt his run and his potential run.
1: Well, and in summer league, we saw him shoot a lot. In fact, in that first summer league, he attempted 10 three-pointers and, and maybe made one, or did he go over 10? He either went one for 10 or I think or he made like 10. one, yeah. Yeah, so um, it, I think the uh, certainly the idea of Kai Jones, just I think like the idea of Mark Williams – is going to be a center that can shoot threes. It is the dream of Steve Clifford. Like, I hope that before Steve Clifford exits the league, and it feels like this may be Steve Clifford's last rodeo in the league, I really hope that at some point they give him an opportunity to play five out. Because because he won't shut up about it. You know, when he plays other teams that can play five out, like the Celtics, he, he always mentions... You know, these this team plays five out. That's how you win basketball games. And I'm, and I, <laughs> I'm not criticizing him for not shutting up about it. It's just like, he, you know, that's that's the thing. The thing that wins is five out. The Hornets have never been able to play five out, uh, except when they had Spencer Hawes. That's not like the last time they've been able to play five out basketball.
0: Well, unless you unless you mean like going small with PJ. I mean, but if you're talking, no, I mean, about like, like a, a typical, legi- No, spinner. I'm saying
1: five out with like a legitimate, you know, center. That that can like also rebound five taller. out when you can also rebound, you know.
0: Um, so we talked about Kai Jones. Rod Boone was also asked if James Bucknight will get any minutes, and Rod "Okay, replied, yeah, here we go. What did he say?" And I quote, "You mean with Greensboro?" <laughs> <laughs> oh damn, burn! <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, oh booney, booney burn! Yeah, it, it really was. And so James Bucknight what wouldn't count on it. You know, and it's not like Steve Clifford isn't playing young guys because the person that's getting more minutes over James Booknight is Bryce McGowan's your second round rookie compared to a second year first round pick from last year. Now, granted, I don't, I don't know if this means that Steve Clifford should be keeping James Booknight out at all costs, but this is what Steve Clifford said. I remember this in the month of January and Scott Fowler wrote about it in his column in the Charlotte Observer. He said what the fans obviously don't see is that the young players have a chance every day, like Tuesday in practice when he was referencing this. They do play every day. They do play live. I do watch closely, and we do filming. I think there's sometimes this misconception that when guys are not playing minutes, they don't get a chance to be seen. Nothing could be further from the truth. And then I remember him also talking about it. He said none of these guys on this team can come to me and say they were never given a chance. None of them. Mm -hmm. And that's true. I mean, all of them have logged real minutes. I mean, pretty much everybody that I can think of has logged real minutes and James Book Knight included. What do you make of Steve Clifford's comments there and James Book Knight seemingly only getting run in Greensboro the rest of the season?
1: I think the problem too is is I don't think his numbers in Greensboro this season have been particularly gaudy. Um he's he's averaged in 15 games played, he started in 10 of them, which is odd. I think one one I think would be right to raise an eyebrow of like why didn't he start five of these games? It's interesting. But he scored uh, 15.7 points per game, uh, five field goals made on 12 attempts. That's 40.5% from the field overall. is shooting 39% from three, uh, not getting to the line a ton, only two free throw attempts per game, uh, 4.7 rebounds, two assists, and a little under a steal. So those aren't like gaudy G League numbers that you would expect from a lottery pick to you know, to be putting up in the G League. So I think that's a problem. But I think the deeper problem is what you referenced that what they're see when he does get the call up, what they've seen behind closed doors is not enough evidence to get him back on the floor because he did have a chance. And I thought in that chance he displayed exactly what I just talked about with Kai Jones, playing outside of himself, taking really ill-advised shots, doing things with the basketball that are just outside of his you know, range, that at least that he's shown, at least that he's displayed his ability with the basketball. And then defensively, he, he offers, I think, less than nothing. I mean, I, I put him in the Malik Monk category of like, your offense is not to the level. You're not shooting the basketball well enough to compensate for the fact that defensively you're a negative.
0: Do you want to bring up Jalen McDaniels on the heels of your Malik Monk reference as well? <laughs> do you want to do I mean Well, um,
1: wait, well his. De- well, I'll say, yeah. I mean, I think it's Jalen McDaniels is the opposite in my mind. Like his defense was not so stellar that it compensated for the fact that when you needed him to knock down a corner three in the fourth quarter, he just couldn't do it. Right, it was just the opposite. Offensively, his offense did not compensate uh, or his defense did not compensate for the fact that his offense was just, you you couldn't count on it.
0: Yeah, this year in a bigger role. Uh, And and then even with Mm -hmm. Malik, like I think Malik gave you more offensively when he shot 39% on the regular court. And James Booknight only doing that in Greensboro. So like when you're talking about Booknight altogether, you're talking about a guy that isn't even getting run. I mean, how many first round picks can we go to that wasn't getting really any run their second year? You know, because it's, it's Kai, it's James, but you can't even, even if Malik was a failure here in Charlotte, in the fact that they didn't want to give him a second round contract or a second contract, like Malik was still getting time. You know, if you go, you know, PJ miles, you know, all yeah, it's, it's not good. That draft in, in the, in the first round is looking to be pretty by far the worst. And it was the one that, that had the chance to be the best. If you talk about just, having two bites at the apple in the first round
1: yeah and and i will say too the differences between the situations that you mentioned and you could throw frank kaminsky in there that had a serious rotation role his rookie season that that did Mm -hmm. grow before it shrank pretty quickly uh frank the shrank and uh the the differences between those situations where the team didn't have any choice really but to play Frank where they played him that there was no other option with book Knight and Kai they've had plenty of vet, more veteran better options to look at and book Knight and Kai have not been able to show that they are a, a, in both their opportunities when they actually get playing time and then obviously behind closed doors they haven't shown enough uh to to overcome those those obstacles so i think that's the big difference and honestly i put that on the organization like they drafted book night knowing that they had some wing depth they drafted kai knowing uh that he was a center raw prospect that was going to take multiple years and that they had several other centers that they had to take a look at and then they drafted mark on top of that so yeah i mean i kind of put that on the organization a little bit too
0: well, the, the only thing that breaks the the difference in those situations is that Bryce McGowans is getting your minutes now. If James Booknight yeah, was getting the Bryce yeah. minutes, then fine. But now it's Bryce and James is still in Greensboro. And the beat writer is laughing at the fact that you might play the last 20 games. So very, very big difference <laughs> there um, with, with Booknight. It's tough, man. It's real tough. And, and hopefully he gets a shot. If not here, then maybe with a different organization. All right. One more segment to go. All of the losing, all of the, you know, maybe the failure in the first round picks that you had, it could lead to somebody pretty significant coming up next on the lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't
1: go to sleep on the Hornets just yet.
0: We can talk about Victor women. already profiles being done. Hell, there were profiles being done about him at the beginning of the season. Brian, Winhorse just released heating one. up though, baby, yeah. it, is oh, yeah. no, it is.
1: Mania is heating yeah, up.
0: up. That's right. We can get to it in just a moment, but not before I attempt to get through a full read about Bilt Bar, because this episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and you don't want all the calories, then you got to try a Bilt Bar. I know we just got through the holidays. The warmer weather is here, though. It's going to be 75 degrees here in Charlotte today. So I know you want to get a little healthier, show off the bod a little bit. One way to do that and not compromise taste or maybe even that dessert flavor treat is you gotta go with Bilt Bar because they have great flavors, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond, churro. They're all covered in 100% chocolate and they only have about 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, They have 17 grams of protein in some of these flavors, so they're also high in fiber as well. It's a healthy candy bar for you. It tastes just like a candy bar, but it's healthy. It's crazy. That's right. You can head to your nearest Walmart today as well, and you can walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box, or if you want more than that, then you can go to Sam's Club and grab a 13-bar box. If you just want to order from home, though, I get that. Go to built.com, B-U-I-L-T. Go to Bilt.com and get your Built Bars today. One more segment to go. Lockdown Hornets. The last time we spun the wheel, it went horribly, horribly wrong in the mm-hmm. sense that the Hornets have a 12.5% shot of getting the first overall selection. Well, the Hornets fell all the way to number six, but we're going to try it again. We got another spin because unlike the real lottery, we get to do the draft lottery simulator more than once. So Doug, go ahead and spin the wheel and we'll see if the Hornets can get that number one pick.
1: And I just want to say, I think what's working for us this time is if you look in that street column, okay, Houston, worst record in the league. They've lost seven in a row. San Antonio, second worst record in the NBA. They've lost 14 in a row, including to the Hornets. Detroit, they've lost two in a row. Look at Charlotte, they've won two in a row. I feel like the basketball gods are going to shine on the on the Hornets not doing the obvious tank okay. job. So here we go. Let's spin that wheel. Ah! Woo! Boom! I mean, you could not have planned it any better. Number one overall. Okay, it's the Charlotte Hornets. Not only that. The Hornets get the number one overall pick, but then New Orleans jumps up six spots to number two, which would just be poetic. If the Hornets Mm. got one and New Orleans got two, that would just be beautiful because they stole Anthony, they stole our team, and they stole Anthony Davis.
0: It's a beautiful thing. I mean, Wimby coming to Charlotte, that would be fantastic. And you get to learn all about Victor wimby with some of these profiles. Why don't you read us some of the excerpts of the uh, profiles that we got, Doug?
1: Well, you know, this is just an interesting quote here from a couple of profiles, by the way, published recently. One, because everybody went to Paris, apparently. I didn't get the memo. No one invited me to Paris. I didn't hop on a plane. But Cupchak was there. GMs were there. Brian Windhorst from ESPN was there. Jeremy Wu in his final piece for... Uh, the the uh, skeleton of Sports Illustrated, because that's a dying publication. Shout out to Jeremy Wu, though. He's been on the show. We love that guy. He's going to land somewhere amazing. Hopefully, we're locked on. We should scoop him up. But uh, Horse and Wu <laughs> okay. did these profiles. I'm going to read a, a portion here from Horse profile. Says, uh, quote, he's not used to coaching these types of teams because we're kind of special. This is Wimbenyama talking about his own coach of those uh, Met, what are they, the Met 79ers, the Metropolitans. He says he's not used to, okay, this is him talking about his coach. He's not (laughs) used to coaching these types of teams because we're kind of special, you know? He's like a Bible of basketball. He doesn't give me too much freedom, so that also allows me to think about myself and think about how I could do things better for my teammates. I've been a million times wrong, a million mistakes in games this season already, but I feel like we're only getting better as a team, and we talk a lot. We talk a lot, and he always explains things calmly to me, even when he's angry. So that's Yama talking about his special relationship with his coach for the Mets. Walker, does that, does that profile of a coach remind you of anyone? Someone that calmly is a Bible of basketball, that calmly explains things to you even when he's angry. Does that remind you of anyone?
0: Yeah, you know, I think James Borrego was very good at that. And <laughs> yeah. I think he'll be excellent on whatever stop. Oh, you mean Steve? You mean Steve Clifford? It sounds yeah, exactly no, it like me.
1: Steve Clifford. Wimbenyama would love Steve Clifford, just like LaMelo Ball. Loves Steve Clifford's straightforwardness. His, uh, he is, I think Clifford is a Bible of basketball. He, I think he, I think what's cool about Clifford is that he understands what used to win, but he understands what wins now. Like he pays attention to how the game changes and he adapts and adjusts to that, even while still holding on to some sort of fundamental philosophical principles about what it takes, uh, you know, to 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 win in this league. So, you know, he, he can hold both of those things in his head and he does have a, a great way of getting through to players, you know, without scolding them, because I think he, he's talked often about, you know, how you deal with professional basketball players, um, how, how that relationship has to go. So I think Yama would love Steve Clifford, and I'm really glad that we hit the lottery here and got Wimby because for people that – I mean, I can't imagine that too many people listening to this podcast don't know. But if you don't know, like Wibanyama is, is an alien. Like the way he handles the basketball, his length, his wingspan uh, are all just top-notch, and he is going to revolutionize whatever team he's a part of. He's hitting this like running three-point shot <laughs> – like, he's actively working it's on this shot hitters. that no yeah. one has ever really, like, attempted w- without it being sort of a heave kind of thing. Like, he's he's developing this shot as part of his game. It's going to be crazy. And if the Hornets hit the lottery here, wow, it's going to change the game.
0: It's like the stupid TikTok videos where guys will jump from the three-point line and shoot five feet inside the three point line and said, is it a three pointer or is it a two-pointer? Except that's just Victor's wingspan hitting that five foot threshold inside the three point line. And the other thing is, I just saw, I think it was Brian Windhorst in his profile. Apparently Women Yama grew. Apparently he's seven five in shoes now. Like that's the thing for a seven four guy, you can grow to 7'5. five. So, I mean, nuts. So the fact I don't that think he he's going to stop. It.
1: I mean, I I wouldn't. I would say his ceiling um, needs to. Actually, his ceiling. We need to get him a house with a tall ceiling. It is uh, because I think he could get to seven ten. I think he's going to be like that plant in Little Shop of Horrors. Like you just keep feeding him. I I will say another interesting thing from the Windhorse profile is that they're being very careful about the amount of weight that they put on Wimbenyama, right? Because you look at Wimby and you say, wow. You know, kind of looks a little Sean Bradley esque. Like I'm it's a little not KD though. Like it's it's not so crazy. Oh my God, eat a
0: cheeseburger, skinny. Like he's he's got something to him.
1: That's true. And they 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 say like he's working. He or I'm maybe not doing it now, but he was as he was developing. He was eating five times a day just to keep like his muscles essentially in line with the way his bones were growing right and but it's all very interesting but they they're they're, v, they're being very careful about not succumbing to the pressure that I think is just sort of hanging in the air when GMs are looking closely at you uh, the pressure to put on a lot of weight and that's so key because I'll bring up an example of a guy who did that way later in his career although he was a rookie maybe rookie or second year in the league that was a Mecca okafor who came into the league as as the Hornets' uh, first-round pick, one rookie of the year, and then people started getting in his head about, hey, you know, yeah, you're rookie of the year, but you put on a little weight, and you could just dominate. You could get a back-down game. You could dominate the league. You know, you could compete with Dwight Howard if you put on a little weight. So Emeka did that. And it busted up his knees, and it, it it just it caused his injury. I think it was part of his injury history that really derailed what could have been a fabulous career. So I'm glad that people are learning from the mistakes of the past, and that Wimby isn't succumbing to that pressure.
0: I think people kind of think that about Greg Oden too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And they were kind of worried about that with Anthony Davis not to do that too much. So yeah, um, well, yeah well that didn't really work for Wimby. <laughs>
1: I mean, God can't get on the floor.
0: Yeah, that's true. The injury history is there with AD. All right. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen today. Make your second listen game to game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only locked on can deliver. Follow game to game on Lockdown NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.